Welcome to All Caring Conversations. Your health and wellness matters. I'm your host, Tracy Dawn Brewer. Today's episode features an entire team. Coming back as guests are Dr. Winslow, AltCare's Chief Medical Director, Jeannie Archinall, Registered Nurse and Health Coach, and introducing Stacy Creator. And we're discussing osteoporosis and falls. Listen to this important discussion to stay aware of why it's so important to be as careful as possible. Welcome to a new episode of Alt Caring Conversations and to our largest group conversation today. Today, Dr. Winslow, AltCare's Chief Medical Director, and Jeannie Archinaw, a registered nurse and health coach on our wellness team. But I get to introduce Stacey Creator, our case management supervisor with AltCare and Primetime Health Plan. Thank you all for joining me today. Thank you. This is, you're welcome. This entire team is here to address falls and osteoporosis. And fall isn't only a season between summer and winter. It can be viewed as a season that we enter into as we age. So when you compound issues like osteoporosis with what happens to us in a fall, it could spell disaster. So this team is here to help share some hints on what we can do to best protect ourselves and our families. So I'm going to start with Dr. Winslow today. And I'd like to address why is falling such a concern as we age? Well, it's a concern for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a very common issue. Number two, it's an issue that's increasing in frequency. And third, it's an issue that is frequently associated with poor outcomes. So falls are the leading cause of injury-related deaths in adults 65 years and older, and they're responsible for 60% of injury-related emergency room visits. And they're increasing in frequency. So between 2012 and 2021, the number of falls in people 65 years or older has increased by 41%. There are a number of reasons that falls increase with age. So with age, our muscle mass tends to decrease, our reaction time tends to slow, and our balance and our coordination tends to decrease naturally. And with age, we tend to see an increase in chronic conditions Many of these can increase fall risk. So visual impairment with conditions like cataract or glaucoma may make seeing obstacles more diff or more difficult. Decreased sensation with conditions like diabetes with neuropathy increase fall risk. Heart disease and lung disease increase fall risk because of decreased strength and decreased endurance. In addition, older adults tend to be on more medications. And whether these medicines are over-the-counter or prescribed, many of them are associated with increased risk of falling. So not uncommonly, when I look at medication risk and review that with patients, I'll point out that a medicine they're taking currently can pose a potential risk. And a lot of times they'll tell me, well, I've been on it for 10 years or 15 years or sometimes more than 20 years, and I haven't had any problem with it, so why is it an issue now? And I think it's important to point out to them that they've never taken it at this particular age before. And with increased age, we tend to see decreased ability to deal with side effects and therefore increased risk with many things that weren't so much of a risk for them before. So I mentioned that falls are often associated with poor outcomes and that falls are the leading cause of injury 
and the leading cause of injury-related death in adults more than 65 years old. Overall mortality after a fall is 9.6% in the first 30 days and 33% after a year. And in general, it's stated that a fracture is typically associated with between one and seven years of life lost as a result of that fracture. And the reason for that is not so much directly in regard to the fracture as it is to the complications of decreased mobility as a result of that fracture. So we can fix the fracture okay. The problem is the fracture leads to other things that increase our risk afterwards. Um, the reason we tend to see that increased risk is with decreased mobility, we see increased risk of blood clots and we see increased risk of pneumonia because we're not moving around as much and we're not breathing as deeply and that tends to cause the other problems. So it's really important that we try to do everything we can to prevent that fall before it happens in the first place. Wow, that is amazing that you say it starts at age 65 for one. To me, that just seems so young. And I was thinking this discussion was going to start, oh, this is when it starts 80, 90. <laughs> That's well, just incredible. <laughs> 65 seems younger every year that I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Jeannie, Dr. Winslow mentioned that high rate of fractures, and I know you've had a lot of experience with osteoporosis. And can you discuss why someone would be susceptible to fractures through that? Sure. Sure. So, oh, sorry. sorry. So, so many people have the assumption that bones naturally get brittle as we age, um, but there is actually a lot we can do to keep our bones healthy throughout our lives. So some people think that bones are just hard and lifeless, but they are actually a living and growing tissue. So after we um, after we reach peak bone mass, which is usually between the age of 18 and 25, the balance between bone formation and bone loss can start to change. So over time, we may start to lose bone um, more quickly or more slowly than when we form it. So in midlife, bone loss usually speeds up in both men and women. So osteoporosis happens when we either lose too much bone or we make too little bone or both. As a result, bones become weak and may break from a fall or in serious cases from something as simple as sneezing or a simple bump to the body. So osteoporosis can sneak up on you, and it is often called a silent disease because we cannot feel our bones weakening. Breaking a bone later in life is often the first sign of osteoporosis. So my role at prime time in regards to osteoporosis is to reach out to our members that have had a fracture. Fractures can occur for all sorts of reasons, and these can be from you know, falls or accidents. Uh, they can occur from diseases that affect bone health, such as diabetes, lupus, different types of arthritis or celiac disease, to name a few. And then some medications with long-term use can affect our bone health as well. So I provide education to members on a variety of topics, including understanding bone loss, ways to prevent bone loss, uh, what is bone density testing, medications that can be prescribed for bone loss, and preventing falls at home. So I reach out to our members with a phone call and discuss topics such as, you know, um, does the member have any concerns about caring for themselves at home? Uh, do they have transportation issues to get to their follow-up appointments? As well as just asking them how they're coping with recovery from a fracture. 
And then based on this discussion, I can assist with community resources if needed, a referral for a home safety visit, or to any other appropriate programs available to them at prime time. And then I can also assist the member with uh, getting a bone density test scheduled if the, prof the provider has uh, ordered one. Wow. And right at the beginning of your explanation, you mentioned men and women. And my mind always just goes straight to osteoporosis is something that uh, females deal with, but it's it's really everybody. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, Stacy, you work with a lot of our members through health cases, and um, I'm really excited to have you on this panel today. So can you share what we're doing as an organization to help our members address falling and avoiding these fractures? Absolutely. And thanks for having me on here today. Um, Jeannie mentioned a home safety visit. So Altcare and Primetime Healthman have been working with Altman Safety Services um, for around 15 years now in order to provide a comprehensive in-home visit for members. So this visit is a room-by-room -room assessment, and it's designed to offer recommendations to the members whose goal it is to age in place. And aging in place simply means living in your home independently, safely, and comfortably. So candidates for the visit usually have some type of progressive disease like multiple sclerosis, um, Parkinson's, ALS, but we also work with members who have frequent falls, um, strokes, other injuries and conditions that may have changed their mobility in their home, or maybe they're concerned about them changing their mobility in their home. Most candidates for us are identified through provider referrals, um, other care coordination programs within alt care and prime time, such as disease management and case management, through our own review of information that we get from emergency room visits and inpatient hospitalizations, but then members can also call in and ask for the visit themselves. So the home safety visit is completed by an occupational therapist who is also a certified aging in place specialist, or we call them CAPS. So this is through the National Association of Home Builders, which gives her a unique perspective um, when she's going into somebody's home. So topics that they talk about may include kitchen and bathroom safety, lighting, rugs and other walking surfaces, stairs, household chores like doing the laundry, getting the mail, and also checking things like smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors to make sure that they're working. Um, and then she makes a list of recommendations, which could be as simple as using nightlights and removing rugs, moving frequently used items to um, easy places to reach on a shelf, or some recommendations might be pretty involved like ramps and bathroom remodels. That's wonderful communication. And I'm sure that brings up a lot of things that people just take for granted and not address. So I'm really glad to hear that long list of things that you know, you communicate with our members with. That's wonderful. This episode is brought to you today by our case management department. Visit altcare.com, member resources, health and wellness, and learn more about case management and even download their flyer for more information. So Dr. Winslow, I, I have a few questions here with the men and women getting addressed the same way. Are there fractures for men and women at a higher rate or vice versa? And it, it seems like the Certain areas of the body sustain like worse fractures than others, which goes into this could be really detrimental if you break a hip versus if you broke your wrist. You know, what what is that rate for men versus women? So one thing I just want to kind of highlight that was said earlier before I before I answer that is 
osteoporosis was described as a silent disease. And a lot of times when I have a conversation with a patient about osteoporosis and about doing bone density evaluation, they'll tell me, I don't need to do that. I'm not having any pain. And I explain, you don't have pain from osteoporosis until something breaks. You have pain from arthritis. So what you're telling me is you don't have a lot of arthritis, or or if you do, it's not bothering you right now. But you can't tell anything about your bone density without us doing an evaluation for that. So don't ever equate, I don't have pain, to I don't have significant thinning of my bones, because you absolutely could. Oh, wow. Um, then going on to, to the question, so fracture risk in women is significantly higher than men. After age 50, one out of two women and one out of five men are likely to suffer a fracture anywhere. By 90 years old, 32% of women will likely have had a hip fracture compared to 17% of men. So women have about twice as many hip fractures. They have even more than that fractures anywhere. And women tend to fracture five to 10 years earlier than men do on average. So the reasons are they've got lower bone mass to begin with. Then you have accelerated uh, bone loss after menopause and your fracture risk goes up exponentially with that. On the other side though, men tend to do worse after fractures than women do. So the one-year mortality after a hip fracture for a male is almost twice what it is for a female. So we don't have as many, but we tend to do worse afterwards than women do. So as far as where these happen, the most common sites are the wrists, the humerus, or the upper arm bone, the pelvis, and the hip. And in terms of risk, the hip and the humerus have the highest risk uh, as a result of complications after that for all the reasons that I talked about earlier. So you know, it's really a huge problem. Both men and women are affected very frequently. And if you look at the at the percentages, we all worry about things like cancer and strokes and heart disease and things like that. And what we see is statistically, we are probably more likely to have a fracture. And if we do have a fracture, the outcome for that fracture often is worse than that of heart disease or cancer or many of the other things that we tend to focus on. So it's very important that you have the conversation with your primary care provider and say, is there anything that I need to do to try to avoid this? And am I up to date on all the testing that I should be to make sure we're doing everything we can do to help prevent a fracture? Right, right. I mean, I know after I turned 50, it was required that I had a bone density test. So I, you know, it, that seems young, but I guess that's right on par. And, well, and there, there, there are different risk factors that come into play. So the recommendation for somebody that doesn't have risk factors would be different than someone gotcha. who has multiple risk fractures. That's why you kind of need to have that conversation yeah. with your provider. And you know, a lot of times I'll have patients that get together and talk. And one will say, well, I my friend who's the same age as I am had this, this, and this done. Why haven't we done that? And the answer is because you don't have the same risk factors that that person has. So have that conversation, let your physician decide what's appropriate for you, and then follow their recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's why you're on this panel, so you can clarify those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeannie, I want to know, do you have some suggestions and resources on what we can do to better our bone health, especially through that whole list that he just shared? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we need to do better. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, just to reiterate what Dr. Wimslow said, um, I was just going to hit on that same point. So if you are middle-aged, and especially if you are a postmenopausal woman, bone health is a great dis- uh, topic to discuss with your healthcare provider, or especially at your yearly wellness visit. Um, but some things that you can do now uh, to uh, help um, aid your bone health and staying as healthy as possible, uh, one is do weight-bearing exercises. So weight-bearing exercise includes anything that makes the body work against gravity. So that's a lot of what we do naturally. So walking, climbing stairs, lifting grandchildren, carrying the groceries in. Um, But it can also include uh, aerobic exercise, dancing, yoga, tennis, pickleball, which is the new, you know, crave right now. Um, And then... um, Also, but if you can't do uh, aerobic type exercises, even sitting in a chair and using light weights or resistance bands or something like that. um, And I think we all can use some encouragement to be more active. Uh, Other things can be stopping smoking, limiting alcohol and caffeine, uh, discuss your vitamin D level with your provider. So vitamin D helps the body absorb calcium. So know what your vitamin D level is and have that discussion with your provider if to see if you know improvements need to be made in your diet or with supplementation. Um, consider your calcium and how much you're getting in your diet. For women over the age of 50, it's recommended 1,200 milligrams of calcium daily. So, and this is largely found, you know, in milk and dairy products, but can also be found in leafy green vegetables, beans, tofu, nuts. So a variety of other foods as well. And then discuss, um, like Dr. Wimslow had mentioned, discuss bone density testing with your provider, especially if you have suffered a fracture. So at a wellness visit, you will discuss your health history, your family history, and the medications that you have been taking. And so this will be able to help your provider better determine if a bone density test is appropriate for you. Uh, This test then can help your provider best treat your bone condition, whether that is just with diet and exercise or with medication. And then it can also track your progress of your bone health because a bone density test can be repeated every two years if needed. And then other resources um, that are available. So for our primetime members, we have Silver and Fit. And so this can provide a gym membership or fitness videos to access at home. And so you can get set up with a health coach. They can help you navigate those videos or just help you with your health goals with um, preventing bone loss. We have smoking cessation specialists available. A great resource on the web is the National Osteoporosis Foundation. They have a lot of information about preventing fractures, diet, exercise. They even have a calcium calculator so you can measure your calcium intake and see if it's adequate. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, disease management, the, di- the disease management department at AltCare and Primetime is always available to answer any health and wellness related questions. That's a wonderful list. I can't wait to share links to all of that. And I always think back to the first time I heard that weight bearing exercise was so important to your bones. That was such a surprise to me. Of course, we're, we always kind of like think about calcium with bones, but that was a big surprise that I needed to incorporate that. So thanks for sharing all of that. That's wonderful. 
So Stacy, let's get back to the process and expectations that someone can um, kind of prepare for setting up a home safety visit. Can you share some of that? So once we make the referral for the home safety visit, so the staff would reach out to the member to arrange a time to come to the home. So the visit actually takes about two to three hours and it's a it's a room by room assessment. It's offered free of, free of charge to our Altcare and Primetime members. And the member leaves that visit with a list of recommendations um, that could make a positive impact on their ability to stay in their environment. Um, however, the person that's doing the visit, um, the CAPS uh, person is only able to make recommendations. Right. Altcare and Primetime don't cover the cost of any insula or installation or modifications that are recommended. But once that visit is over, the member can expect a follow-up call in a couple of months from somebody from Altcare and Primetime to ask how they're doing since the visit, whether they were able to make any changes, or if there were any barriers to making those changes. Um, and if there were barriers... Uh, we would be talking about, are there any community resources that are available to help? Right. So um, anybody who has prime time or alt care insurance, if they think that they might benefit from this visit, they can simply call the number that's on the back of their card um, to get to customer service, who will then um, transfer them to us to set that up for them. That's great. I love that you've got that whole process worked out and what to expect. So this is, this conversation is critical. I mean, we're all facing aging, of course, but we're also taking care of our parents and grandparents, our friends and family, and really worrying about falling because you always hear that, you know, terrible statistic on the news or know a friend or family member that, you know, didn't recover. And so trying to avoid it and know what to watch for. I think that's really important. So I really appreciate all of your time today sharing everything. Did we miss any of the points that you wanted to make? Did we not, you know, get to address something that is kind of new or? <laughs> nope, we're good. All right. So thanks again for sharing everything. Um, and I will have all of the resources in our show notes. And if somebody has something specific, they can always email us at where you matter at altcare.com. And I can bring that question to our panel and get an answer for you. So Dr. Winslow and Jeannie and Stacy, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.